0: Thank you. Amen. Well, this morning we are beginning our four-week Christmas series, and I'm I'm so excited for these weeks ahead. Uh, Thankful for the opportunity to worship together this morning, and so looking forward to what the Lord is going to do over the coming weeks. And so we are starting a series this morning, Let Christmas... Be Christmas, and I pray that that's what we will endeavor to do this Christmas season is let Christmas be all that God intends it to be as we celebrate the birth of Christ and all that that means to us. Now, this is a four-week series, and so the last Sunday of December, we're actually going to do a message called The Day After Christmas. And we're going to talk about now. I know that's not literally the day after Christmas. Some of you are like, but that's not the day after Christmas. It's just an idea for a message. Okay. Go with me on this. All right. Well, we're going to be doing that. So we're going to finish this series up on Christmas day and, uh, or Christmas Eve day. And, uh, then the next week we'll do a one-time message and called, uh, the day after Christmas. So I'm so excited for what the Lord is going to do and all that he's going to lead us in over the coming weeks. I do want to say before we get into the message this morning, uh, how thankful I am for all of those that took part in angel tree ministry this Christmas season. Um, We had a lot of tags that were out there, and I believe the last tag was actually taken Wednesday evening, this last Wednesday evening, and just so thankful. All of them went pretty quick. There was a couple that were left over last Sunday. I think I saw like three out there, and then a couple got taken on Sunday and the last one on Wednesday. But I love seeing all those presents under that tree, around that tree, on that table, and just so thankful that you as a church decided to and desire to be a blessing to those families in need. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you were able to be a part of it, maybe you weren't, maybe you went over to grab a tag and they were already gone, uh, but maybe next year we'll be thinking about that and try to get a tag earlier. But thank you to those that took part in this, that took a tag, that got a gift. Uh, what a blessing it's gonna be to those children that not only will they experience the love of a parent that cannot right now... Have that opportunity with them because they're incarcerated and going through some things on their own. And so we get to be kind of a blessing in their stead. And so, what a blessing that is. And then also the fact that the gospel is going to go with these presents. The word of God is going to go with these presents. And so, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of that. And I pray that that mindset will continue through this month, that we will keep looking for opportunities as we were challenged yesterday morning in our men's prayer breakfast. uh, Pastor Greg shared a, a wonderful devotion about looking for the opportunities that are all. All around us and seeing that right now there's a lot of opportunities this time of year, right? Lots of chances to serve and be a blessing, but let these opportunities be kind of a springboard into the rest of the year where we get used to and the habit of serving others as best we can as God has given us gifts and talents to do so. So I pray that again, you are looking forward to those opportunities. You're being blessed by those things and excited to see what the Lord is going to do over the coming weeks. In this series specifically, I I want to tell you guys always where we're going and the heart behind what we're doing. I don't want you to just come and hear a message and and kind of nod your head, and, and that's great, and not know how to apply it. So I want to kind of give you the idea behind this series. Over the coming weeks, we're going to kind of be setting our hearts and our minds on the truth and wonder of Christmas. We're we're purposely putting our intention on the meaning of Christmas. Beyond the lights, presents, decorations, and carols, there is a deeper and fuller gift that we desire to unwrap this Christmas season. And that gift is the undeserved gift of God's grace in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? Uh, Given to us freely that we might come to faith in Christ as we begin this series, the title this morning, as we're setting the stage, and a lot of you chuckled at that video last week and some chuckling again this morning. Um, I had to laugh when, when there's a part in the video where it talks about, you know, decorating the tree and then you hear the bulb break. Um, that happened yesterday morning here at the church. Um, some of our littles were helping decorate a tree, and, and I don't know if if Margie pushed him into the tree. If I don't know what happened. All I know is... Um, I was, I was bringing a vacuum cleaner down for something else. And uh, behind me, I heard the sound and and we have these hardwood or hardwood hard floors out here now. And uh, the sound of glass and a bulb hitting that cement floor, very loud. And, And so as soon as it hit, I know what that sound is, and I whipped around, and and yeah, sure enough, that happens. And so I I love when we can kind of joke about those things. We know that there's things like that that happen in the Christmas season, some things that, if we're not careful, can stress us out, can bother us or overwhelm us. And the title of the message this morning is Christmas Crazy, Christmas Crazy. Some of us and, and some people that you know are already there. You're already experiencing Christmas Crazy. You're already there. Uh, This idea of Christmas crazy is this sickness that appears around the third week of November and doesn't leave usually until after January 1st. The symptoms include sleeplessness, stress, sore feet, strained eyes from looking at your phone through all the ads and deals and marketing things, trying to figure out what you're going to get. The, is it going to get here in time anxiety? Anyone? Anyone been there? Is it going to get here in time? Will Amazon fail me? Will, will Google fail me? Like we need to make sure, is it in the house on time? Okay, is it in the mailbox? And I just didn't check yet. So there's that kind of anxiety. Mother-in-law, depression. Now take that however you will. I love you, Barb. I have no idea. I, I, I don't know. I'm just going with what people have told me. I'm just saying some people, some people have said they've had that experience. I don't, I can't relate, Barb. I really can't. I don't know what they're talking about. Again, take that how you will. Shopper's remorse, layaway remorse, credit card remorse. Uh, all of these things are symptoms. And when we say all of this tongue in cheek, but, but all of these things are symptoms of the season if we're not careful. We can, we can kind of get Christmas crazy. And I want to express to you, there is a cure for Christmas crazies. There is a cure that's available. There's a treatment that's available. And I want to ask you this question. What can we do to enjoy this time of year for all that it is and should be for us as followers of Christ. And so again, we understand culturally, just human nature, right? There's all kinds of things that stress us out during this time of year, getting the house ready for dinners, making sure. I I saw a video uh, before Thanksgiving. I don't remember where I saw it, but it was basically somebody going through and like white-gloving a house and they were like, this is what people think happens when people come over for Thanksgiving or Christmas. And they're like, you know, white-gloving the fan blades and the, and the trim on the bottom. And, mm, okay, that was a little dusty. So that hit me a little hard because I can get a little crazy about that stuff. Uh, you can ask Sandra when we have people over. I'm usually the one that's like, okay, clean this and clean this and clean that. Nobody's ever going to see it. No one's going to come and go, mm, I don't know, we can't go back to John's house. The trim was a little dirty. Like, that's just, I just can't, I can't do it. I think I saw a dish in the sink. Like, what are they doing over there, right? Now, you guys know what you do when you have people over and you don't have time to do the dishes, right? In the oven, right? In the oven, okay? Unless you have a dish. If you have a dishwasher, just throw them in there. They don't know if they're clean or dirty. They're not going to look, right? Just shove them in there. When I was in college, we had, um, in our, in our school, we had white glove checks. They weren't literal white glove checks, but they call, RAs would come in and check your room, make sure it was clean. And because college kids, they're kind of gross. If you haven't, if none of you have been around college kids or lived in a dorm, some of you lived in dorms, you know what I'm talking about. Guys are just gross. They're just nasty. So anyway, but so we would come in and check, they would come in and check our rooms. Well, we had these ceiling tiles. So you know what you would do if you had stuff you couldn't clean up in time, you just push a ceiling tile, shove it up there, push it down. The bad thing is when you forget. And it's like you're leaving for, for like home, right? It's been like, I don't know, eight months, and that ramen bowl's still up in the ceiling. And you know, you remember it's up there, but you debate: should I even go up and get it or should I just leave it alone? Like, it's in God's hands now. Like, I should just let that go. I'm not really gonna risk what happens to a ramen bowl after eight months of sitting in an uh, upper space? I don't know. I don't want to find out. So, so we understand all these things can weigh on us, and we can joke about it, but, but if we're being honest, sometimes it can really take away the joy of the season. And so what can we do to find a treatment or a cure for the Christmas crazies? So I want to start with a passage, and this is amazing how God works. Um, yesterday morning in our men's Prayer breakfast, again, Pastor Greg was in this text. Uh, This was the text that that Kelsey just read uh, during worship, part of this passage. So Luke chapter 2. Turn there with me. Luke chapter 2. So if you don't have a copy of God's Word, you can actually use a copy that's in the chairs there. Uh, There are Bibles available. We'd encourage you to turn there if you don't have a copy of God's Word for yourself on your phone or in print. Uh, But if you're using one of the Bibles provided, you can turn to page seven hundred. And sixteen. So if you're using one of the Bibles provided, page 716, Luke chapter 2. And uh, and I love something that was said yesterday morning that, that sometimes when we get to this time of year, it's true of Christmas and Easter. Um, and so if you have family members or friends or people that you know that usually tend to only come to church at Christmas and Easter, let them know we do talk about more of the Bible than just those two things, okay? Because they come in there like, I just, this is the same message I heard last time I was here. Well, well you know. We're not going to say why that's true. But anyway, so, but, but what was said yesterday morning? I love this. It was, it was when we got into Luke two, the comment was made, you know, sometimes we can get into these passages and we can just get kind of, okay, I know this text. I mean, I've heard this preached so many different ways and from so many different individuals and, and being honest, people have preached through this text so much better than I ever could. And that's fine, but if we're not careful. We get too kind of familiar with the text, and it loses something because we're not really engaging the text. And so I love what was said yesterday that every time we come to this passage, let it be an exciting time. Let it be a time of great joy to remind ourselves again of the wonder of Christmas. And so how can we avoid the Christmas crazies? Well, I think it starts by diving into the first Christmas, diving back into what happened in that first silent night that that really wasn't so silent most likely right with the angels and the shepherds and all of that so luke chapter 2 we're not going to read the whole chapter but look at verse 1 so we're going to read down to verse 7 and then we'll skip ahead to verses 10 through 14 so luke 2 verse 1 and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from caesar augustus that all the world should be taxed And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. Now, pause here for just a second. Side note, I, I love that Luke does this for us. So some of you know Luke, the one writing the gospel of Luke, also wrote the book of Acts. So the same individual writes both the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. Some even call Acts the fifth gospel because it's the continuation of the ministry of Christ through his church. The Gospels record the life and ministry of Christ from his birth, death, burial, resurrection, and the following teaching. Acts picks up after that and is the continuation of the ministry of Christ. But I love what Luke does here. He gives us a very specific timeline for those reading this in this culture. Those in this time can read this and go, oh, I know exactly when that was. And I love that he does that for us. He's setting the stage and saying, this really happened. Here, you can go check this out. You can look into it if you would like. And so verse 3. And when all went to be taxed, everyone into their own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Again, this is a spouse while wife. So this is pre them coming to fullness of their marriage. They're a spouse. We would call this engaged, but it's even more than that. It's, they were literally married in every possible sense, except for intimacy between husband and wife. And you can study back and you can find out all that went into when she was found with child and yet Joseph and her are married and yet Joseph and her are not fully married. And so therefore, there's a lot of people in the community. I can only imagine that were calling names and saying all kinds of things, I can, I can assure you. So here he says in verse 6, And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now drop down to verse 10. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. And we pray, Father, that you would give us an understanding of these things. That as we go through this this month of celebrations and dinners and gift giving and all of the things that go into the season, that we would do so with a mind and a heart that is set and fixed on the things of Christ. That we would desire to live out the joy that you've given us in our salvation. You say in the gospel of John that that when we abide in you and your word abides in us, that is for a deeper joy, that your joy, a fuller joy, beyond circumstances, beyond situations, beyond the emotion of happiness, but the true depth of joy, knowing as we abide in the word, that we have been forgiven and freed from the power and penalty of sin by the gospel of Jesus Christ. How can we not have joy in the midst of this world when we know that we have a relationship with you through grace and by faith, and so Father, help us Lord, as there 's going to be temptations and, and and situations that pull at us and want us to be overwhelmed, our flesh wants us to miss the point of this season, but I pray that by reflecting on the truth of god 's word that truth, not emotion, will lead us this Christmas season. And the truth is that what great news we read in Luke chapter 2. So I pray that that great news, that gospel, that good news would lead us and strengthen us and give us the right mindset as we go through this month, Lord. As we go through these celebrations that we would desire to honor you. And Lord, we're going to talk about it in a little bit here. I know that there's things that go into our lives that are beyond the the funny, humorous things that we all experience. There's some, some things that we go through that are tough and difficult seasons, Lord, that we travel through and go through in this life. And, and sometimes the holidays can accentuate that, Lord, and, and make more of that. And I understand that, Lord, so I pray that while, yes, we should be understanding of that, Lord, I, I pray that there would be a desire, even in the midst of that, to realize the hope we have in Christ is so much greater and actually gives us the strength to walk through those difficult seasons and roads. And so, Lord, again, may you give wisdom in all of this for your glory. And again, if anyone doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray they would come to know you before it's everlasting too late by simply trusting in Jesus Christ. So, Father, thank you for all that you have done, continuing to do in our lives. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we celebrate the birth of Christ and the coming of the birth of Christ I want us to realize that when Christ came into the world, everything changed. Everything changed. History, past, the present, and future all changed in that moment. When Jesus Christ, the Son of God, humbled himself and took on flesh. And the glory of God dwelt among us, John says in John 1.14. That, that we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father. When he humbled himself and laid aside his his glory and his honor and his worth to be praised by humanity he laid that aside he never ceased to be god he continued to be god he became god in the flesh philippians 2 says that he laid aside That that equality with God, meaning being recognized as God on earth. And so he laid that aside and he took upon himself the form of a servant. Why? So that he could go to the cross and die for our sins, be buried, and rise again. And so when we celebrate the birth of Christ, we're not just celebrating presents and Christmas trees and carols and all that good stuff. We're celebrating the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he came for us All right, that didn't do much for you, but I'm going to try again, okay? That he came for us. See, the the more we know us, the more glorious that truth becomes. The more you know how sinful you are apart from Christ and the sins you even struggle with in Christ, the more you realize that you were undone and hopeless and Ephesians 2, dead in your trespasses and sins. You had no hope of salvation apart from Christ coming to you. And he did that 2000 years ago. The Bible says we only love him because he first loved us. If he chose not to come, he could have. I think we forget this. We think, no, no, Jesus, he, he, he wanted to come and he did. He loves me and he does, but we forget it was his choice. He could have said, no. But we think, oh, I'm such a great gift. Why would Jesus not come to get me and to receive me and to have me as his own? Yeah, everybody wants a follower who's not a very obedient follower, who kind of whines a lot and complains a lot, doesn't really obey, doesn't really do what he said. Yeah, everybody wants someone like that in their life, right? See, I, I really believe the more we know what God's word Not culture, not progressive Christianity, not feel-good Christianity, not Facebook Christianity, not so-and-so speaker, so-and-so speaker, so-and-so speaker. But what the Word of God says about us, apart from Christ, when we read that He was born a Savior, man, we get excited. Because I didn't deserve this. You didn't deserve this. No, no, we were wretched and sinful and broken and broke his law. And we needed someone to come and rescue us. And so how can we get excited about Christmas? How can we celebrate Christmas beyond the noise of culture, beyond the noise of of capitalism and, and buy this and buy that? I'm all for it, by the way, but I'm all for buying gifts and giving gifts. I'm all for that. That's awesome. Do it. But don't get stressed out about it. Don't think the dollar signs in front of the gift make the gift greater. No, give a gift of love. Give a gift of grace. Give a gift that you desire to bless someone else with. It might cost you some. It may not cost you as much. But at the end of the day, I think we live in a culture that thinks the greater the value of the gift financially, the greater the gift. You know one of the greatest gifts you can give someone this year? It's just your time. Just your presence. Just being with them. Man, your children, your grandchildren, yeah, they might tell you they want this or that technology thing. And as my kids get older, man, Christmas changed. I remember we'd sit down and budget for Christmas. Be like, yeah, I think we'll be good with this. All of a sudden, I'm looking at these Christmas lists, and I'm like, "Uh, you get one thing. (laughs) The days of 10 gifts, now it's gone. One gift. So choose wisely, right? Like, which cup are you drinking from? Because choose wisely. Because... It's how it's going to go. So we, we can get caught up in this stuff. So how do we avoid that? How do we not get wrapped up in this Christmas crazy? By pausing and remembering, what is this really about anyway? You see, I, I truly believe that we can enjoy the coming of Christ and not feel overwhelmed when we first slow down. So if you're taking notes, you can follow along online. There's on our app, there's a section called media, Cert messages, and then notes there, and you can find the notes if you'd like to follow along if you've not already pulled that up. But we're going to talk just quickly. Simple message today. So simple. And I want it to be simple because I want it to be obvious to us how we can apply this to our specific situation. And I know every situation is different, and so I'm not going to try to apply it to everyone. I just want to give you some basic principles that I believe God's Word shows us that we can enjoy the coming of Christ and not feel over. Whelmed. So first we slow down. How do we do that? We turn off the cruise control. We turn off the cruise control. We can't just think it's just another Christmas. It's just more presents. It's just another family get together. It's just another fill in the blank. I think one of the reasons we tend to feel stressed during the holidays is due to us trying to be a part of everything. We, we kind of put this on ourselves or maybe maybe a family that puts us on you, or other people that put these expectations on you. I don't know where, what it is for you, but so often we tend to think I got to be at every dinner, I got to be at every celebration, I got to be at every party, I got I got to be everywhere all the time and do everything that everyone wants me to do. No, you don't. Now I'm not saying we shouldn't take advantage of being involved in celebrations and being involved in dinners and doing those things. Of course we we can, and if opportunity presents itself to do that, fine but don't think you have to be everywhere. Don't think you have to do everything. So often we try to live up to the expectation that we will attend every event or every activity, and before we know it, the season is over, it's January, and we just feel drained. We just feel wore out. Now, we, we are going to feel a little tired after Christmas and all the celebrating, and that's a good kind of tired to some degree, but if you feel just wore out and drained because you just tried to please everyone... That's not enjoying the season. That's not enjoying what Christ did. So so what is my encouragement to you? My encouragement is this. Be intentional. Realize that you can't do everything. So do what you can do and enjoy the things you do this Christmas season. You can't do everything. You can't be at every event. Don't run yourself crazy trying to do that. Be where you can be. Do what you can do and enjoy the things you're doing for the glory of God. Being intentional. Every moment we celebrate and recognize the coming of Christ, we are worshiping God for the powerful truth of the gospel. So be intentional. Don't just think it's just another this or another that. It's another Christmas carol. It's another Christmas service. It's another Christmas play. It's another Christmas Eve service. And I can't wait for Christmas Eve. I absolutely love coming together as the body of Christ and just Just singing and and praising him and singing those songs that we're going to sing on Christmas Eve and just seeing God work. I can't wait for that. But if we're not careful, we can just go, well, this is just another Christmas message. It's just another time in Luke 2. No, 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 no. This is an opportunity to glorify God for the power of the gospel. And every gift you buy, think of it as you're giving a gift that represents a gift of grace, which was given to you in the gospel. For Mary and Joseph, the first Christmas was unlike anything they had ever experienced before. And so I want to encourage you. First, we slow down. How do we slow down? We turn off the cruise control. We don't just keep coasting through. Secondly, how do we slow down? We enjoy Christmas like it's brand new. We enjoy Christmas like it's brand new. New. How many of you remember when you were a a child? And and again, I know some of you are like, well, I didn't grow up in a great home. I didn't grow up in a very nice home. We put the fun in dysfunctional in my household growing up. We were we were crazy, like there was not a lot of good at times in my childhood. But I do remember Christmas was mostly, usually a really good time of year. And I always loved coming down and opening the presents and and just seeing and, and we didn't have a lot. But man, just the couple presents we had were so much, it was so much fun, right? Enjoying all of that. And I want you to think for a moment, think about some of your earlier memories of Christmas. I don't know how old you are. Some of you are like, well, I remember my first Christmas at three. Like, I don't remember anything past like seven, okay? Eight. Like, I don't know. Maybe I just got a bad memory. But I want you to think back to that time when you were just a child and you would come downstairs or you'd come in the living room and you'd see the presents all under the tree and, and that excitement you felt and that joy you felt. When you first really begin to understand the meaning of Christmas, the true meaning of Christmas, and how that made Christmas new, and it was exciting. Like, I want us to think that way as we come into this month of celebration. We can still have the same joy and excitement as we did as children looking forward to celebrating Christmas Day. Rejoice like it's brand new. Again, it's not just another Christmas. It is the gift of Emmanuel, God with Us. We need to slow down and enjoy every moment like it's brand new. Now, I want want to pause here. And I alluded to this a few moments ago, but I do want to share that I understand that the holidays can be difficult for those spending the holidays without a loved one for one of the first times. Or maybe it's been many, many years. I I know for us, my, my mom passed in 2007, just a few days after my oldest was born. And so she was never able to have a Christmas with her grandchildren. And so I always think at Christmas time, I think, man, I would have loved. Now, she probably would have given some interesting gifts, but that's fine. (laughs) Mom, calm down. You can't give that to a 10-year-old, okay? You can't do that. But I always think, like, how much that would have been, like, so much fun to have her involved in, in giving gifts to her grandchildren like that. And, and, and I know that maybe you can relate to that. You've experienced the loss of a loved one. You've experienced time where the holidays are, are joyful, but also kind of bittersweet somewhat. And I, I want you to know that's okay to acknowledge that. It's okay to say, you know man, this is kind of tough. And I understand that. I also understand that during a time of holidays, it can just be a difficult time for any number of reasons. And I want to be clear on something. Last week in the bulletin, I, I put a bulletin note in there. And I talked about not being a Grinch, not having a bah humbug attitude. Okay. When you come into Christmas and that was meant to be kind of tongue in cheek, a little bit jokingly saying that there are those who tend to get to December and they just kind of complain about everything Christmas. Right. I got to put the tree up and I got to listen to this Christmas music and the lights and the, and my point in that was just trying to bring a lighthearted idea to, Hey, Let's have a good perspective on this. Like, let's enjoy these celebrations. Let's not have a negative perspective about it's, oh, I got to deal with putting the lights up and doing this. Let's try to have a positive attitude. That, hey, we're celebrating Jesus Christ's coming. Like, we can be excited about this. But however, I want to be clear. In no way, shape, or form was I trying to imply that somebody that's going through a difficult season, loss of a loved one or other things, is somehow being a Grinch by sharing those concerns. That is not, was not my intention. If that offended you... I I apologize. I really genuinely do. I want you to know I'm sorry for that if that offended you or bothered you in some way. That was not my intention. My intention was to try to bring a little lightheartedness to it. That, hey, let's not constantly complain about the traffic and the shopping and all that. Let's have a good attitude is the idea. However, I do want to make something really clear. That going through a difficult season in our lives as followers of Christ will happen more than just the holidays. And I don't know about you, but the hope that gets me through difficult seasons and tragedies and hard days is the reality that Christ came two thousand years ago. That's what gets me through hard times, and I pray as a follower of Christ. That's what gets you through the hard days: is to stop and pause and remember. Yes, this is difficult. The season is difficult. The situation is difficult. But praise God, He came, and He is with me in the difficult. He's with me in the grief. He's with me in the sorrow. Because he came. And as a relationship with Jesus Christ begins to grow, we understand that he's with us. And so Emmanuel is not just for celebrating when things are good. I believe Emmanuel is even celebrating with joy when things are tough. Because, man, I don't know how people get through things without him. I couldn't get through life one day, one breath, without knowing that Emmanuel is a truth of Scripture. So, again, I want to be clear on that. But I want you to understand, pause Slow down, turn off cruise control, and enjoy it like it's brand new. Secondly, how can we enjoy the coming of Christ and not get overwhelmed? Well, we enjoy the coming of Christ this Christmas when we learn to slow down. And secondly, when we see the blessings. So we slow down and we see the blessings. We are blessed more than we know. And I I want to encourage you again, if you didn't have a chance to, during our gratitude series, write down some things that you were thankful for and then biblically why those things glorify God or praise God or direct you to God, I would encourage you to do that still. To spend time saying, Lord, what are the blessings that I can acknowledge before you to help change my perspective from this season being a time of discouragement or frustration or being overwhelmed to a time of enjoying and worshiping you for your blessings? And we just spent three weeks discovering how we can have a habit of gratitude in Christ, in all things, through him. And again, this is a choice we make. Some people say, I can't do that. You're right. But you can choose to submit to God's will and let him do it through you. And that's what Thessalonians says. Again, are we being led by God's word or our flesh and emotion? We have to choose to let God's word lead us and submit to God's will. Remember, when we slow down and really think about our lives in Christ, both now and for eternity, we have so much to be thankful for. Now, I want to read James, the book of James, chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. So James, the epistle in the New Testament, verses 17 of 18 of chapter 1, says this. Every generous act and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with him. There is no variation or shadow cast by turning by his own choice. He gave us a new birth by the message of truth so that we would be the first fruits of his creatures. You see, every blessing we have, every blessing you have is from God. He is unchanging in his goodness toward you in Christ. We have been blessed With both gifts of grace now and to come. Think about that for a moment. You've been blessed with gifts of grace, not just now in salvation and Him being with you in this world, but in the life to come. You will be with Jesus because His grace will continue to be extended to you throughout all eternity. You don't earn grace now, and you're not standing before him one day, as John 14 says, and we see all the fullness that he's with us and we're with him. We're not doing that and going, yeah, it was grace back then, but now it's in me. Now I've done this. No, 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 it's still grace. Why? I think that's why in Revelation, they worship God in the way they do, because they realize I'm only here because of grace. And I love that idea that we can measure the goodness of God in one simple truth. That he was gracious to me, a sinner. Oh, but God's not good because of this and that. And I understand, again, there's difficult things that happen. And I, my heart goes out to situations like that. We've all experienced that. Or we have loved ones that experience difficult things. But, but listen, the goodness of God to you is not something he has to prove over and over and over and over again. He's proven it by Romans chapter 5, verse 8. In that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for you. So you want to know the measure stick, that the, the standard by which you judge God's goodness and his grace to you? He saved you when you were undeserving. And by the way, he keeps you as you're undeserving. It's not like we got saved and became perfect and now we're worthy. No, 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 no. It is only the grace of God that sustains us through this life. And so again, when we celebrate Christmas and we talk about these ideas, we are so Blessed well beyond any material possession that we could possibly want or believe we need. You see, those gifts that he gives us are amazing. And it starts with grace and it continues. Ephesians says we're blessed with every spiritual blessing, both now and in the life to come. So what kind of gifts does God give? How, how is God a gift giver? What's his types of gift that he gives is it whatever's laying around Now think about it this way if you do like a secret standard at your work or you do some kind of a thing like that and 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 we do like an office christmas thing and we'll we'll bring in gifts and stuff and we'll kind of steal the gifts and have fun with it and all that you know and and so we wrap up these things and so some people are like looking around the house like what's something i can just throw some paper on and bring in but here this is we don't use this anymore it's kind of working we'll just wrap that up and bring it in and people think that's the kind of gifts that god gives Just whatever's laying around. Oh, yeah, here's something you can use, I guess. I'll never forget. We did an office Christmas party when I was the youth pastor here. This was many years ago. I don't even know if Keith would remember this, but we did an office Christmas party and the previous pastor... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the previous pastor. (laughs) He comes in. We're unwrapping all these gifts. Do you know what his gift was he brought in? We had like a limit. I think it was five bucks or less, you know. So I'm going to like, you know, Dollar General, trying to find something that's like... I mean, it's a cheaper gift, but still useful. You know, something beneficial. And I pick up this thing under the tree and I was like, wow, this is really light. And it was like the last gift or whatever. And I kind of got stuck with it. And I was like, what is this? I started to unwrap it. It was an empty Pepsi 20 ounce, just an empty pop bottle. And he's cracking up. And I look over and I was like, do do this? He said, yeah, that's 10 cents. Merry Christmas. No, that is not, that's not a good gift. I want to know, where's the 490 that you kept and pocketed? Like that's, (laughs) at $5, you spent 10 cents. And we think God gives these kind of gifts. Just whatever's laying around. I love what the Latin Vulgate, how it reads and and translates this idea from James chapter 1. The kinds of gifts that God gives, it translates this way, as the best gifts. So what makes God's gifts the best gifts? They're the best because they're exactly what we need. And he gives them to us exactly when we need them. Isn't that really the best gift? Something you really, really need. Something that would really meet a need. And it also comes exactly when you need it. That's why, honestly, one of the best gifts you can give is time, encouragement, grace, a word of truth. So as we think on these things, we can give these gifts as examples of what God has given to us. So is that our mindset? Do we genuinely pray for wisdom to be able to give gifts that are appropriate gifts for what they're going through? We think about it. We pray about it. We seek God's wisdom in these things. We want to honor God through this. We want to spend time with people, sharing the gift of grace with them, the message of the cross, the greatest gift we can give anyone. Or rather than seeing the blessings of what god has given us we look around at others and we think man we would be happy if we just had that man if i had that phone or that car or that house or that this or that that then i would be happy by the way advertisers play on that right isn't it amazing how often the new thing comes out and it's you have to have the new thing that's what they want you to believe if you don't have the new thing your thing is no good If you don't have the new iPhone, the new this, the new that, with the new camera and the new this, you're somehow missing out. And people buy this stuff. That's why, that's why marketing does that, because it works. I need that because I mean, look how good that is, look how cool that is. Look at the car doing those weird things on the curves. You're only gonna drive it 10 miles down a flat road. You don't need a vehicle that does all that. But I need that. I need that car. I need that truck. Do you see what that truck can do? That truck's awesome. I need that truck. 60, 70, 80,000 dollars. Yeah, well, I need that truck. And marketers love that because we start looking around at others. And I'm not saying we can't desire things and want things within reason, right? Again, it's okay. So I would love a truck one day. That'd be cool. I mean, I have a truck right now, you know, but I would like a truck that could do more and pull things and big, cool truck. That's great, okay? I, I would enjoy that. Do I need that to be happy though? No. And if you start thinking that way, then you miss the blessings of what you have. You miss out on what God has already given you. I believe we have to ask ourselves a simple question. How much time do we spend thinking about what others have? Now, not in the positive way, but the negative way. The positive way, we should think about what others have and how can we bless them. We think about what others have and how we want what they have. And I think the minute we make that choice to start thinking that way, we will experience anxiety We'll be depressed during this time of year. We'll desire the stuff that others have and not really appreciate what God has already blessed us with. And again, the stuff in and of itself isn't bad necessarily. But the belief that happiness comes from the stuff can be destructive. It can damage us. I wonder if we would stress so much if we truly saw the blessings we have in Christ. Because our Heavenly Father never changes. Listen again to James chapter 1, verse 18. By his own choice, he gave us a new birth by the message of truth so that we would be a first fruits of his creatures. By his choice, he gave us a new birth. By his own choice, he decided to give us new life as a gift of grace. Christ came so that we might not have a better life, but that we might have life. This Christmas, realize you have already been given the greatest gift. It is exactly what you needed, and you didn't even realize it. See, when you came to Christ and you received his gift of grace, you may have understood some of what that meant. But I believe the longer we're in Christ and the more we study his word, the more we realize, no, God, that's exactly what I needed, and I wasn't even really aware of it. But now I realize and praise you because it's exactly what I needed. This gift also cost more than you and I will ever know. The gift of God with us costs more than we can imagine. And the gift of us being in relationship with the Lord costs more than we can ever know. I want to ask you to, to bow your heads right there where you are. And as we spend some time in reflection and response to what God is doing, I pray that you would allow him to speak into your life during this time. That he would lift your hearts and minds. Father, we just ask that as we spend this time before you in reflection and response, that we would honor you, that we would lift you up, that we would glorify the name of Christ, which is above every other name. The gift of Christmas is a gift of grace given to undeserving recipients. That if we dare to try to measure the goodness of God, and try to understand how good you've really been to us, we start and we end with the gift of salvation. Because that in and of itself proves that you're good, and you're loving, and you're gracious, and merciful, and for all those things, you're worthy of praise. And Lord, I do lift up right now those that, either watching online or here in person, that are going through a difficult time this, this holiday season, this Christmas season, loss of a loved one, a difficult situation they're going through, a family thing, a work thing, a personal health thing. Lord, I don't know, but you do. And I pray that if they know you as our personal Lord and Savior, that you would draw them into a closer walk with you. Lord, that yes, they would acknowledge that this is difficult, but they would also acknowledge that the hope and the strength to endure this season is not found in their strength But it is found in the strength that comes only through the abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. And So, Lord, I pray that as we know that to be true, again, letting truth lead us. That we would know that we can have joy even in the midst of a season of difficulty. And that we would share that gift of grace with someone else. Lord, there's so many in our world today that that think salvation is not for them because everything is going good. Everything's worked out, they're, they're successful, they're happy, financially successful. And Jesus is really for those that are just struggling. Jesus is for those that, that need help. Jesus is for those that are down and out. Lord, may we know that every person we come in contact with needs Jesus. And so can we, Lord, have the strength given to us by you? Would we ask for that, Lord, rather, that you would give us that strength to share that gift with someone this week? And Lord, we would extend the grace that's been given to us to someone else. They would come to know Christ and see Christmas in a whole new way, slowing down, turning off cruise control, seeing it as brand new, excited and joyful and desiring to worship you. So Father, again, thank you for all that you have done and continue to do. Be with us now as we spend this time in prayer and reflection, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning? As we're led in a song of praise and invitation, would you come? Maybe you want to come and say, Lord, give me the right heart this Christmas season. Lord, help me not to get caught up in Christmas crazy, but help me to come and just reflect on the goodness of God this Christmas, the power of the gospel, and the truth of the gift of salvation. Would you come and pray? Maybe here in the front, maybe there in your seats. Whatever God is doing, would you respond as we sing together this morning in worship?